Another former Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound, also Erie Otter and a Barry Colt with the second trade of his OHL career. Rob Heisey joins the podcast. Hey, it's good to see you. Thanks very much for making time for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, one of the things about you that everybody says when your name comes up is high skill, look him up on YouTube and watch those crazy goals that he scored. Who inspired you when you were younger? Where did this talent develop? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, my favorite players growing up were probably Doug Gilmore was my ultimate favorite player. I would say um, it's actually like the first time I learned how to pick the puck up was at a hockey camp he was at and he, he did, did it and showed everybody. And I was kind of like just obsessed with it after that. So I'd say that was uh, my first inspiration. And then uh, as I got older, a little bit more mature, I started looking at guys that are kind of like me a lot, look, like body wise and stuff. And Marty St. Louis was probably the guy that I ultimately uh, really looked up to and watched and, and loved to the way he played and all that kind of stuff. So that was probably the guy that I've, I personally uh, tried to model the most after. So would you spend extra time after practice or on your own, just working on these sort of specialized skills then? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would hours, hours with it. And uh, sometimes my coaches weren't too fond of it <laughs> as well. Uh, you know, during practice kind of, always wanted the puck on my stick and in between drills, I always wanted to have the puck and, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, something I took pride in was my ability with the puck. And um, as a smaller player, you kind of have to have something special, I think in your game. And that was kind of my thing was uh, my ability with the puck. So you mentioned small player or smaller player, and that's something that comes up a lot too, when we, look at your career and follow what you did. Did that get on your nerves? Did it inspire you? Did you wear it as a chip on your shoulder? Well, you know, cause I mean, I'm sure you heard it all the damn time. Yeah, for sure. I heard it since I was 12 years old, probably. So, uh, yeah, it was something that for sure fueled me a bit was people you know, doubting you and, and, uh, you know, ultimately it's up to you and what you see in yourself. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not kind of what other people say about you. It's what you say when you look in the mirror, I think. And, and, uh, I tried to bring that to my game too. And, um, you know, I was able to do some pretty good things with hockey. I think I was a generation too early maybe, but, uh, but, you know, ultimately I've, I was able to make a career of the game that I loved. So, uh, you know, I'd say it was, uh, it was, it was a great experience in hockey for sure. You kind of read my mind when you said maybe a generation too early, because I wondered when you look at the game today, if you don't think, man, if I'm born 10, 15 years later, I'm right in with the way the game is played today. Yeah. I, I, I've said that a couple of times actually to people, um, you know, it's, there's, there's a bit more room now for guys that were kind of like myself and, um, you know, but still, I think, uh, I picked a pretty good path for, for, you know, what I was given and, and the big thing is like, I had to earn everything I got. That's what I say too. Like, 
you know, in, in my day, a bigger guy had to prove he couldn't play where a small guy had to prove he could play. So it, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting now because now I'm coaching my, my son and, uh, they're going into Bantam this year and, you know, you, you see it all over again, kind of like everybody around the game, oh, this guy's small, you know, this guy's this, this guy's that. So, you know, it's, it's, I feel like the game's kind of going back that way too. Like teams want to be big and physical and strong and fast. And, um, you know, there's obviously like you look at the NHL this year, Marshall show won the MVP and he's the smallest guy on the ice. So there's still room for those guys, but, um, like I said, you gotta you gotta have something special. So it's it's interesting. It's kind of going back that way. Any of your tendencies in your son? Do you rag on him for staying on the ice, goofing around with the puck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because like uh, I played, I was a super offensive player, and now that I've got into the coaching side, I'm I'm so I'm so all over them about the D side of the puck and all that stuff. So you know, I. I always say like all my coaches were always on me about playing D zone and all this stuff. So, but now when you're coaching, you kind of understand it. Right. And it's great though. Cause like I've had some amazing coaches throughout my time and you take a little bit from this guy, that guy, this guy, and you know, you're always, you're always learning. That's the best part about it. Like I played 14 years of professional hockey and I'm still learning. So it's, it's great. It's awesome. If you're trying to preach, defense to your son and his teammates you have to keep them off the internet then rob because as soon as they see you on youtube they're going to be like well come on if you got to do this i get to do it too yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's interesting yeah this this day and age of kid too it's their they're like their attention span is very quick too so it's like they like these like 30 second clips or like when we were coming up and playing we would watch the whole game these guys are their phones are at their disposal and they get 30 second TikToks of like a highlight reel. So they get on the ice and they all think they're just going to do that every time they're on the ice. It's interesting. <laughs> An interesting uh, dynamic for sure. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been so much fun and just to be able to be around my boys and, and see them enjoy the game. Like, like I did. It's, it's awesome. So not to dwell on it too much, I promise I'll move on, but I mean, yeah. bar down TSN, bleacher report they've all got videos posted of stuff that you did and every time you if you google the name rob heisey hockey this is going to start coming up all over the place do you have a favorite do you ever watch your own videos <laughs> uh, yeah you know you've watched them over the years and stuff uh my favorite would probably be either the one I pulled off in the Finnish Elite League or in Austria, because just in Austria was cool because it was in overtime. It was a game winner in overtime. So that was pretty cool. And then in Finland, it was kind of like one of the first guys to be able to do it in a game uh, on the move, I guess you'd, you'd call it, like uh, at kind of full speed. And, and that was a pretty cool one as well. So those would be my two favorite things, I, I guess, the nicer goals I scored. And say. the Austria one, if I'm not mistaken, was that the year you won the championship over there? No, it wasn't. Actually, oh. it was my first in Austria. I was younger. Uh, I did do it that year as well, but uh, it never made the internet. So <laughs> <laughs> they missed that one somehow. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about getting drafted 
to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds in the OHL. Kid from Oakville, so you're in the Toronto area. Did you know anything about the Sioux? Yeah, I, I did. I actually, uh, it's funny, when I was younger, my dad took me to a OHL game in Niagara Falls, and they were actually playing the Sioux, and, and uh, Ted Nolan was the coach at the time. Um, just seeing that game, kind of, that's when I first kind of got the first look at the OHL. Um, you know, I was, I was a smaller kid. I was, I was pretty talented though in minor midget. It was Bantam then, but I guess it's called minor midget now. Um, or U16 now, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I was kind of gearing towards going to school, to be honest, just because I was smaller and uh, I didn't really know what would happen. And I was ended up getting drafted in the ninth round to the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds. Uh, my coach uh, at the time actually was a scout for the Sioux. And I have a feeling that he had something to do with me getting drafted there. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting. I, they kind of didn't even know who I was when they when they drafted me. I went down to the table at the Hershey Center and I stood there for about five minutes. And they're like, "Well, can we help you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got drafted." You're like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." <laughs> so, it was interesting, but then I went to camp and kind of, I think, turned some heads when I got on the ice. And and after that rookie camp, they kind of followed me my first year of Tier Two in in Aurora, and they were kind of all over me to sign from from that moment on after that rookie camp I, I i did pretty well so yeah it was interesting and um i think i signed that christmas actually for the for the following year so it was a cool time you certainly made your mark and showed that you belonged uh, more than 300 309 i think was the total points you had in your ohl career and i mean if you're with one team that's going to put you up there and maybe the, the leading scorers of in, in a franchise's history when you put up numbers like that. Did How long did it take you to kind of get used to that game in the O? Uh, I, honestly, I feel like my year of Tier 2 in Aurora helped me. I was playing against older, bigger, stronger guys as well, and I did really well there. I think I was leading the team maybe. I can't remember. the te- I'm pretty sure I led the team and maybe even at one point leaving the the league and scoring as well um so i kind of got my feet wet there and i got to play a lot too which which helped a lot um and then when i went to the sioux uh craig hartsburg was a coach and you know i think he liked my compete and and stuff like that so you know i was i was fortunate that i got to play which is which is half the battle right it's it's when you're a young guy getting in and actually getting minutes and being able to play and you know, once you once you have the taste and you can, I kind of felt like, okay, I can play here with these guys. It, you know, it, you kind of take off running, and I think I did that. And I think my rookie year, I, I think I had scored twenty goals in my rookie year or something like that too. So it was, it's a good rookie year, and you know, kind of uh, set the tone for kind of what I was going to do in my career in the OHL, which was great. What's life like? For, you know, your 16, 17-year-old kid, I always think about this because you can't get any further away from home in the OHL than the Sioux. Your parents probably can't come to as many games, certainly, as they would if you were closer. What's it like for a young guy when you're going through that? Yeah, it it wasn't easy, I would say, but at the same time, I had, like, 
phenomenal billet family. Um, the Tamilos was their name, an older couple, and they were amazing. They they like they doted over me, and it was it was awesome. Like they're an older couple and Italian, so it was always fed right, and it was great. It was it was honestly amazing, and I I actually loved the Sioux. It was a great hockey city. Uh, it was a great place to play. Uh, it was it was awesome. To be honest. I just loved every second of it. it it's good. the it's the same when we still go up there as media. Now we get fed very well in the media room in Sault Ste. Marie. So you'll be happy to know nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. How did you find out about the trade to Erie? Well, it was interesting. Um, it's an interesting one because I I love the Sioux. I actually really liked it there and. The second year I was there, John Van Beesburg took the team over. And uh, after practice one day, he came up to me and just said, like, listen, you know, we have two first round draft picks on our in the middle, Jeff Carter and Peter Tadashik, and we have you as well. Um, and we really need a goalie. And we think you might be uh, expendable kind of the, to be able to trade. And I said, well, if you want to trade me, you know, go ahead trade me it's you know it's all part of it i think right so um and then it kind of came out that i kind of asked for a trade which i never really did so as a 16 17 year old it's kind of hard to like navigate that you know so um but i ended up getting traded to erie um and that was actually probably looking back at it, a really good thing because i went to a new situation and they were kind of just coming off an OHL title and um, they had lost uh, Corey Pecker and Brad boys. And there's, there's room there for me uh, to kind of take the reins as uh, like a top line guy. So it ended up being, being pretty good for myself. You end up as the leading scorer on the team in your first full year there. Yeah. I ended up the leading scorer. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a good, good, uh, good situation i mean we did we didn't make the playoffs we were a pretty bad team my first year there like i got there halfway through i think and we weren't a, the greatest team but i got a lot of opportunity a lot of power play time a lot of minutes and uh was able to kind of put my mark on being there as well so and and we had some good pieces too like chris campoli was there uh who i'm still friends with today he's, he's a phenomenal player uh, Mike London was a rookie as well. He was a great player. Uh, we had, uh, you know, Mike Rice was an older guy. But when I came in, he was a, an overager, but he was a great player as well too. So it was uh, it was a good team for sure. What was it like playing for Dave McQueen? It was great. Um, he played me to death. Uh, he was, <laughs> so like I can't complain about anything playing wise at all. Um, you know, he won uh, in the OHL a lot. So, you know, he was, a, he was a good coach. Like I said, you everywhere you go, you just take a little bit of every coach that you have and, you, you know, you try to put it into your game and, and take bits and pieces. And, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. I Like my time in Erie, I, I think the next year, my third year in the OHL, I ended up like fourth or fifth or something in the OHL in scoring. So I had 96 points or something. So. It was it was awesome. Like it, it's a great experience. Uh, that rink was packed every single night. Like you, it was sold out every night. It was such a cool place to play. So uh, yeah, it was awesome.
I wondered about the atmosphere as a player, especially after the championship, because I think that really captured imaginations in Erie for sure. And the times, I mean, I obviously don't get to be there for every game, but the times I travel in, it seems to be like when that building is full, they're, they're passionate fans there. Yeah. It's a, it's a great spot to play uh, junior hockey. It's it, honestly, that building was probably the closest to like a pro building. I would say like packed and loud and, passionate it was uh it was a cool place to play for sure so that year you finished with 96 points you you lead the otters that's the time you led the team in scoring you mentioned top five in the league and then you guys pull off a, a bit of a first round upset there you're the seven seed knocking off the two seed in sarnia in the first round yeah it's uh it was uh it was a really it was a really good team that year we had a a lot going for us. So we ran into a juggernaut in London, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that first round was was uh, was real cool. Like beating a, a two seed was awesome. Uh, I kind of remember bits and pieces of it. Um, but uh, at the deadline, we picked up Jeff Platt too, so that really helped. That catapulted us a bit too. He was a really good player. So uh, and then that series, I think he was dynamite too. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was a good good time to be playing in Erie. It was, it was fun. It was exciting. So it was awesome. You talk about running into that juggernaut in London, and no question about it, they go on to the uh, West Final against Guelph where the Storm win it in seven. But that series you played against the Knights, do you remember the hit from Danny Bois? Because he got eight games suspension for it. Yeah, I remember it. It, it was... You know, I think it would be 25 today. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember it. It kind of knocked me out of the series, too, to be honest. So, uh, but yeah, it, it, it uh, I, I forget what game it was in actually, but I think we lost in five. I don't know for sure, maybe four. I don't know if we got swept or not, but um, yeah, I remember it. it yeah, it's part of the game, though. It happens. So it wasn't the last time I got hit bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if that sort of thing happened as a smaller guy, not to dwell on it, but with the sorts of things you could do and and maybe sometimes the other team is like hey i'm gonna go get that hot dog over there yeah it happens even if you're not hot dog and you know guys recognize who's on the other team and who's doing well and you want to be physical on guys that are playing well it still happens today in today's game too but you know it's, it's part of the game sometimes and you know every once in a while you have to stick up for yourself and you know it's is what it is though I, I was never shy of anything like that so it's... there was one more trade in there for you and i guess it takes you back pretty close to home as you finish your ohl career in barry what was behind that move yeah that move was kind of i i would i wanted that move to be honest uh it was my overage year i kind of wanted to get a go to a team that i felt like had a really good chance to win and uh um, I kind of wanted to be back in Canada as an overager too, so um, that was that was me asking for that to happen, and then they made that happen for me, so I was good. And 
I ended up in Barry, and that was maybe my maybe my favorite place to play. And my it was awesome. My coach was amazing there, Marty Williamson. I was back in Barry too. So uh we had a great team too there. We in my opinion, we should have won our side that year. We just couldn't pull it off against Ottawa, but uh that was probably the best team I played on in the OHL, to be honest. So we had a lot of good players and yeah, my time in Barry was awesome. I always said, like, when I retire, I was going to move to Barry and, like, live there full time. But, you know, it's a, it was a great city. I, I loved it there. So it was awesome. You bounced around in pro hockey. You mentioned the, the 14 seasons. I mean, uh, AHL, East Coast. Uh, I think the, the CHL was in there as well. Europe. What led you overseas? Uh, well, initially, um, I was going, I was with Dallas stars training camp. I went there a couple of times. They, they really, uh, liked me a lot. Actually, I went there right after my draft year, ended up staying a long time, you know, almost signed with them a couple of times. And then, um, uh, after my overage year, I went there and they offered me like an AHL East coast contract. And I kind of said, you know, if I'm going to end up in the East coast, I'd rather go as a free agent so I can get called up anywhere. And, and uh, they actually had a one of their top scouts from Europe, Kari Taco, was on the board with a team in Finland. And they said that they were going to send one of their other prospects there to play and uh, asked me would I be interested in going there. And I said, yeah, for sure, that would be awesome. So that's kind of how I ended up there. Um, and and throughout that year, actually, like Guy Carboneau and, and uh, Doug Armstrong came over two or three times to meet with us and like go over how we were doing, all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of part of the, that organization for that year, which was cool. And then um, the next the year after that, they kind of offered me an AHL contract, a straight AHL contract. And, you know, I, I got offered a pretty cool contract in Germany, the DL. Um, so, you know, I was 22 years old and saw kind of the, the money I was going to make there. And I was like, ah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Germany, I think. Uh, looking back at it, like, you know, the, the smarter thing maybe would have been to go to the AHL, but, uh, you know, I don't regret anything I, I ever did. I, you know, I saw the whole world and, you know, was able to make a living playing the game. So yeah, I ended up in Germany and then kind of went to Sweden and back to Finland. And then, um, then I met my wife, uh, got married. We were having our first child and, and we kind of wanted to stay at home. And I was like, and I decided like, you know, I never gave it a go at home. So that's the year I ended up signing in the central league at the beginning of the year. And I just said, I'm going to give it a kick this year back home. And I, I lasted, I think like 19 games in the central league before I got called up. So it's a pretty cool situation too. So. How much different was the game? in Europe versus back in North America. I mean, I get the sense that the European game would have fit your style a little bit better. Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, Finland was very similar to here. In, in my opinion, it's physical, it's fast. It's, it's probably the closest I'd say to North America would be Finland. Um, Germany was like the team I played for there too. Like the, it was a German coach and it was, it was very so like, like soccer, the, system we played was like to sit back and and wait and wasn't really my style to be honest so I kind of 
got in trouble with that coach a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it depends where you go too. Sweden was awesome. It was such a good league. It was some of the best hockey, you know, I've ever played probably was in Sweden. Um, and then, you know, the North American game, it, it, it's just on your body. It's taxing. I think just the travel, the games, the number of games being on the bus all the time. Um, it's, it's kind of a grind until you get to the, ultimately when you get to the next level, it's a little bit easier. I would say like travel wise and you're on the bus, you're kind of getting treated a little bit better, but, uh, yeah. And in Europe, the nice thing was you were home every night in your own bed. You were, you didn't play that many games, you know, it was less games. And so it was a little bit easier on the body. So I, I'd say that's kind of the difference. Even when you're getting on the bad side of a German coach and maybe he's yelling at you in German, you understand that you're in trouble, <laughs> I guess, eh? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, you definitely understand when you're, you're in the doghouse for sure. You, you get it. <laughs> You you did get the chance uh, through all of your effort. You you did sign that contract with the New York Islanders. Just never got to to play that NHL game. Yeah, it's uh, that was a that was a really cool moment when I got that contract. It, I was actually in my kitchen with my wife at, uh, in the summer, and my agent called and said, "You know, we got it. We got you a deal done." And I was like, "Wow, this is crazy!" Like to think i think i was like 27 years old or something too so uh it was a long time coming for me and just that opportunity was really cool i actually i had a really good camp actually that year too in in long island i played three exhibition games i think too and um i did really well in the games as well and, and i got off to like a really hot start in the hl that year too and um i think i had 14 and 11 or something start the year in the a and and Jack Capuano was my coach, and he really liked me a lot. I think that's why I got that contract, to be honest. Um, and he actually got called; he got promoted to the NHL about 50, 20 games in the season, maybe uh, that year. Um, and he went to the NHL, and then I actually got really hurt that year. I hurt my knee really bad, and I think that I honestly think if I didn't get hurt, I probably would have got a game or two that year, but. Um, you know, that's the way hockey goes sometimes. And and then uh, the next year, that's when I decided just to go back to Europe. Uh, we're having, we're having uh, our second child and, you know, the HL salary just wasn't going to cut it anymore. So um, my coach from the year before in the HL, Rob Dahm, got the job in Austria. And, uh, and he called me and said, I could love you to come over here. And so that's when we decided to go back to, to Europe. So. Yeah. You, you certainly didn't see uh, terrible places in Europe. I mean, my goodness, Germany, Austria, Sweden, Finland. You didn't get any of the dumps along the way, did you? <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, and Austria was amazing. Like when we when I when we found that team in Linz, it was it was amazing. They treated us so well, and I ended up staying there for six years. So um, that was kind of like our our home. It's where our kids grew up. It's we won a championship there. It's a special place and will always be a special place. It's probably, I'd say in my pro career, that was like home for me, you know? So it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's to think about it now, it's crazy, but yeah, it was, it was such a cool spot. And uh, the team kind of, when I went there, the, 
the rank grew, everything grew. It was, it was awesome. It was a cool thing to be a part of for sure. See hockey take off like that in the city. That championship, Rob, what's it like going all that way and finishing, you know, on top of an entire league? And anytime we talk to guys, it doesn't matter where the championship was won. The championship is what matters. What was the experience like? Yeah, it was amazing, to be honest. It was uh, that whole year, you could just feel like something was special about the group we had. And and uh, I don't, I, I want to say we never lost two games in a row that year. So, which was pretty crazy to think about. Uh, it's like something Rob talked about all the time, too. It was like good teams never lose two in a row, you know? So, something we took pride in as well. But, yeah, it was uh, it was it was awesome when you when you go through something like that and then you win. It's it's such a cool feeling. And to this day, like guys from that team, when I, like I was last year, I went to Minnesota with my son and ended up catching up with a guy Danny Ehrman that was on that team. It was like we we never we, were, we hadn't seen each other in what eight years. It was like you know that whole time went by. It was it's pretty cool. Did you always know you wanted to stay? connected to the game because obviously you've got the hockey school now and you're still very closely connected to it yeah it's you know it's my passion it's it's my love and i always knew i was going to be connected when i when i retired I actually I, I interviewed with a couple teams uh, for assistant coaching jobs a major junior and and it, like where i was at in my life with three kids and stuff it just didn't make sense at the time something that you know, once my boys are older and kind of gone, it's something I want to get into for sure is coaching now that I've, now I've kind of got my feet wet with my kids, you know? So, um, but yeah, I actually went to school for firefighting, uh, my last couple of years that I was playing and I tried to get on for like two years. I was applying everywhere and, you know, couldn't get on. It was, it's a tough gig to get, but, uh, in the meantime, I started my kind of academy and it kind of took off as well. So, I uh, know it's been great. I, I, I've, I enjoy being around the game. You know, I'm kind of a nerd for the game, I guess you'd say, and I love it so much. So, you know, it's a good fit. As a nerd for the game, do you get into the analytics side? Are you just watching it all the time, looking for new moves to in, incorporate? Like, what does a nerd for the game mean for you? Yeah, like I, anytime it's on, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll see how teams are playing. Like. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because like the game changes so much in a short period of time, and just um, you know how teams are playing, like how they're playing their D zone, what what they're trying to accomplish. You know, like um, you know the game now. You watch teams play; they're they're outmanning all the time. Like everything's outman the puck and get the puck back as fast as you can. And uh, you know, and also like my boys are playing in Oakville and there's some pretty cool hockey minds around Oakville as well. Like uh, Sheldon Keefe's kids are playing in Oakville and one of them plays with my son. So I get to pick his brain all the time too, which is pretty cool. And another guy, John Snowden, who was the assistant coach in the AHL plays with my other boy. And uh, just, I pick his brain all the time as well. And they send me video all the time. And so it's, it's pretty cool to be able to share that with like a U15 hockey team, like stuff that, you know, pro teams are kind of doing so it's it's cool it's really cool you ever offer uh keith advice for the leafs power play no no <laughs> no 
Well, he gets, I think he gets enough of that room where he lives. So. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that shows that you, yeah, you know, you'd fit <laughs> the poor guy. I mean, does he even get a minute's yeah. rest when he's in a rink? Yeah, it's honestly, it's, it's kind of, I always say it's, I, I don't wish that upon anybody, to be honest. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot. So, but he, he does an amazing job with it. You know, he, he always time for everybody. And, um, you know, I always say, I'm like, how, how does he do it? I don't know, but it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to see him. I mean, he has time for everybody all the time. So it's great. What's your philosophy now when it comes to teaching the game, coaching the game? Yeah. Like when I first retired, I kind of got into doing this and, you know, I would, I would take my kid to some stuff too to, to go around. And I just found like, you know, lots of guys can make a drill and put you through a drill, but it's like in the moment, like stopping a kid and correcting them saying like, no, this is, this is kind of how you have to do it. That kind of thing. Also, I feel like, um, something I pride myself on is like teaching the game. Like, like, yeah, you can go around this, this stick handling apparatus. You can do this, that, the other thing, but you know, it's like, can, can you angle, can you close space? Can you, do you understand all these things? Right. So, uh, things are going to matter in a game, like getting the, getting the puck off the yellow. Can you, are you skilled enough to get a puck and take it off the yellow and get it inside the dots and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, just, just things that are going to matter for kids and, and, and teaching them the game the right way, like, like stopping them in the moment saying like, no, this wasn't right. Let's do it again. You know? So that's something I kind of take pride in when I'm teaching. Are we going to see another generation of Heisey come through the Ontario hockey league? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, actually we're, we're in Florida right now. Uh, my son just, uh, was in a uh, college showcase thing down here. So, uh, which is pretty cool, you know, see the other side of it because in Ontario, we're kind of always pushed into the OHL. But, you know, if they did end up the OHL, I would I would love it. It'd be great. Um, but, you know, and just whatever they decide to do, it's I just want to support them as much as I can. And, and uh, you know, if, if they get the opportunity to play in the OHL, it'd be amazing, obviously. So we'll see what happens. When you think back on your OHL experience, was there a city or a rink that just gave you fits that you hated playing in? Yes, uh, the old rink in Windsor. <laughs> I hated that <laughs> rink so much. I think I got fifty stitches in that rink over the time too. So yeah, that was a, that was the worst rink, man. Oh God, I hated that rink. <laughs> <laughs> Were the stitches from the the players or the fans? Because they got pretty yeah. rowdy in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, it was from the players, but man, the fans were they would throw batteries on the ice. It was, and we played them actually my first year in the playoffs in the first round. We played them in that rink, and it was uh, yeah, that rink was tough rink to play in. But I mean, if you were in Windsor, it was awesome. But uh, yeah, it was it was classic. The the fans behind the bench would just give it to us. Actually, I remember in the playoffs, Emery actually like loosened their seat with a screwdriver and gave us hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's right, because the, the yeah. first row was like right behind the bench, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so he loosened yeah, one of the seats in the stands. Yeah, so when they put it down, it just fell right off. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. What would you say 
the four years in the OHL meant to your development as a as a hockey player, as a young man, to kind of maybe lay the foundation for your future? Yeah, it was it was massive. It taught me kind of how to become a man, I guess you'd say, like away from home. Kind of have to your your time management. If you're on your own, you have to kind of figure it out. Um, you know, I had some pretty amazing coaches too that taught me the game as well. Um, and then you know, just just uh, being a smaller guy and playing against older guys too taught me a lot. And uh, you know, how to use your body, how to how to protect yourself, all that kind of stuff. So just prepared me so much for the next level and and uh you know also kind of you know and then as you become an older guy kind of how to how to treat the younger guys how to how to be a good teammate that kind of thing too like to teach you a lot you, you grow up a lot it's it's probably your most important years as a kid too right as, as a young adult and and uh you know i think it's when i look back at it, it it's kind of like the player I became was because of the OHL, I would say. So it's pretty cool. How did you handle the travel? Neither Erie nor the Sioux are that easy when it comes to getting from one game to the next. Yeah, to be honest, that's probably something that helped me a lot too, is like when you're in pro, you're always on the bus too. You're on the <laughs> bus and, you know, so I got I got used to it pretty quickly. So um you know and actually it's it's cool because like on the bus it's like where you really bond with your teammates as well too so uh you know i had some really good friends uh, in the Sioux. i i I was really close with a guy named jeff weber uh it was our goalie there and he was actually at my wedding party and um you know just hours and hours on the bus and sitting beside each other and you know you become pretty close so uh yes it's when you think back to it like those years are pretty pretty influential in your life right so it's cool it's so much different now because everybody's phone has so much power and they just like buses are quiet man there's no movies anymore and stuff like that it's way different yeah it's be hard to like discipline now as a coach like uh, remember like no movie on the bus but now like you, you just open your phone and watch a movie by yourself right so uh yeah lights out but everybody has a phone for a light right so it's uh yeah it's it's different for sure uh, like that's a big thing like especially with this younger generation right i'm coaching them now so it's like your phones are don't come in the dressing room like you're, you're a teammate you interact with your teammates and it's a, it's important right so i i think that's super important and you know you were talking about the bonding that you would get on those road trips with your teammates and stuff you you have to that's that's part of what being on a team is all about that's part of the reason we put our kids into sports to build those friendships yeah for sure it's uh you know i can i can think about even now like now that now that i have kids like all my wives and i's close friends are sports parents now too right so it's it's uh you know the game brings so many so many people together and it's it's a small world too so doesn't matter where we go now. I can go to a tournament, like I said, in Minnesota, and I and you know and you know people there too. So it's a small world. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Well, it's a small world that made this connection because uh, a, a guy that used to live in Cambridge, who's a fan of this podcast, said, "Hey, you know, 
the, I grew up with the Heisies and, and I know Rob really well. He's John is the guy that put us in touch here. Speaking of small worlds. Yeah. I've known that family for my, pretty much my whole life too. So his dad was the MC at our wedding too. So it's pretty, Come on. pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's unreal. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, John was talking about how cool it was going to watch you play when he was just a little kid. You're like the big brother figure or something. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. Well, listen, it's been great catching up with you. Uh, thanks very much for making the time. Good luck to your boy. And, you know, I hope to see you around a, a rink in Major Junior, whether you're coaching or he's playing. That'd be great. Awesome. Appreciate your time. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.